you know, we can connect with Him to a certain level in, in, with the natural things. But the majority of the time, you're going to find out if you, if you really want to understand God and you really want to dig deep and, and get in a, a deeper relationship with God, you're going to have to get over into the spiritual side of things, which that's what we're calling the supernatural, the spiritual, not the, not the flesh side, but the supernatural. The, the, you know, anything that God does that's not, that's not in the natural course of things would be considered supernatural. As a matter of fact, I looked this uh, definition up. I don't think I've given you this definition. I looked it up last night as I was, as I was preparing for this. In the, the Webster's Dictionary, here's the definition of supernatural. Uh, the Webster's Dictionary defines it as this. Of or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible, observable universe. Did you hear that? Of or, re, or relating to an order of existence beyond the visible observable universe. And, and the second definition is this, departing from what is usual or normal, especially as to appear to transcend the laws of nature. So, so the supernatural be, would be considered anything that we don't consider normal. And, and let me share what, what that means or a, an example of that. Um, you know, when, you know, because we believe, we believe in healing, we believe in prosperity, we believe in those things. Well, when, when people come down for prayer and we pray for them and, and people receive their healing, healing that's not, a, that's not the, quote-unquote, the natural way to do it. Most people, if they're sick, they go to the doctor, right? And there's nothing against doctors. We, I mean, you know, please understand that. But, but if you want to do things a different way, then, you know, you can, go, you can reach out into the supernatural and you can get healed the way, you know, the way God wants to be healed wants to heal us, right? Now, are you all with me? <clears throat> you know, and see, so that is above the natural way of doing things. That would be considered supernatural. You know, um, even really, to be honest with you, even hearing from God and listening, listening for the voice of God, some people, you know, because I've heard people say, well, God doesn't speak today. You know, and if you want to see what God has to say, you just have to read His Word. Because, you know, after God finished the Word, then He doesn't speak anymore. But, but you know, the reality of that is, is that that's, to me anyway, my opinion, is that's not a true statement. Because I believe that God very much speaks today. And I believe that we can communicate with God. And I believe that that is something that actually that we should be doing on a regular basis. I heard... Uh, uh, Jensen Franklin, we, we finished up a series on fasting. We just come off our 21 day fast and Jensen was praying and, and he said this, he said that, he said that one thing that he desired for his church this year more than anything else was that they would hear God's voice more clearly. And, you know, and that's my prayer. That's been my prayer for, you know, for, for this year. And, and really that's been my prayer for many years that we would all hear God's voice more clearly because, because, if, if, you, if, if you only rely on natural resources, if you only rely on the natural, the natural mindset, then you are really limiting yourself. As a matter of fact, this morning, I want to talk to you about wisdom, natural versus supernatural. Because how many of you know there's a natural wisdom, which, you know, we, get edu we send our kids to school, we send them, you know, through 12 years of, of, you know, elementary school and then high school, then we encourage them to go to college and to get, you know, to get that education. But, uh, but unfortunately, and, and I think we, we would probably agree with this 100%, the education system, in our, especially in our country, 
has really done a disservice to, to the things of God. They have, they have tried to take God out of, the, out of all their teachings. You know, and, and as a matter of fact, if you see the, late, the latest statistics, they'll say that something like 70-some percent of teenagers that leave home and go to a secular college will never step foot back in a church again. Seventy percent. Seven out of ten students that go to a secular, or teenagers in just graduating high school, will go to a secular college and then never step foot back in a church again. Why is that? Because the secular world is teaching our kids that if you can't see it, if you can't touch it, if you can't understand it, then it's not for today. And, and the reality is that when, when and, and the sad reality is that most, most, most churches don't demonstrate the power of God to these kids to where they, they understand that, they're, that God is powerful and God is alive and God does speak and God still does work and that God can do big things in their lives if they just put their faith in Him. And, and you know, I don't know about you, but, but I don't want to send my kids somewhere that's going to teach them that God is not real. Now, I don't have anything against colleges and, and education, but please understand me. I would rather my kid be on fire for God and doing God's will than out in the world trying to make it on their own. Because, because some professor told them they know better than the Bible. Amen. You see, there's a natural wisdom, but then there's also a supernatural wisdom. And, and the difference from what the Bible says here, now as we, as we start to read, there's, you know, there's two realms, we know that. There's the natural realm we live in, and then there's the spiritual realm. And we talked about God is a spirit, He created us. We're, we're first and foremost, we are spiritual beings. We have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in this body. But our spirit man will live forever. There will come a day when, when we lay this body down, and, and if, if Jesus tarries His coming... You know, we'll, they'll bury these bodies and put them, in the, put them in the ground somewhere. But our spirit man, and, and you know, and all of you guys know this, when we go to funerals, that's not the real person laying there in that casket. You know, that's just their body. That's their, that was their temporary house. And, you know, but the, the real person, their spirit man, is, is one of two places. They're either in heaven or they're in hell. And, you know, the Bible, the Bible teaches that very plainly. And, you know, and based on our decisions that we, that we made on this earth will depend on where we spend eternity and what we did with Jesus, what we, if, whether we accepted Him as our Savior or whether, whether we didn't. And that will determine our destiny, you know, and, and for eternity. But the two realms, natural and supernatural, um, and, you know, and the question is, how do you, you know, how do you get wisdom? If there's another wisdom besides the natural wisdom, how do you get that wisdom? And the answer is this. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us to reveal to us the wisdom of God. Paul, um, in his, in his uh, journeys, he spent some time in the, in the city of Athens. And, uh, in, and Acts chapter 17 tells that story. Or Acts, is it Acts 17 or 27? Acts 17. He tells they have the story of, of where Paul went to Athens... And that was the that was the the scripture where he he walked through the streets and there were gods set up altars set up to all kinds of different gods, and he came across one that really piqued his interest 
And just in case you couldn't find a God to serve, in Athens they had a temple or they had a, an altar set up that said that it was an altar to the unknown God. So even if you even if you couldn't find one you wanted to serve, if you if you if you couldn't find the right one, you could serve or worship the unknown God. You know, just so that everybody could find somebody to worship. Well, Paul preached a sermon, you know, and, and see, and now here was the thing about Athens. Athens was very educated. Athens was where the university of the day was. It was it was the scholars, it was the the high thinkers, it was the ones that that would that you know that set all the the discourse for for everybody else. You know, they, they were the the high thinkers of the day. And Paul Paul was a very smart man. He was highly trained before before he had his encounter you know with the Lord. He was highly trained, and he was the the up and coming, and he was heading for the top of the top of everything in the worldly system. But when he had that encounter with God, he tells us, and we read this later on, Paul said, you know, I laid all of that down. And he said, I consider it as rubbish, you know, just to serve God. But when he was in Athens, he, he, uh, he used his wisdom and he talked with them intellectually. In other words, he, talked, he used his background and he used all his teachings and he talked to them as, uh, to try to, he tried to talk to them on their level. You know, try to talk to them as, as somebody that, so they would see him as somebody as being very smart and intellectual. And, you know, and he used big words probably. And, and he, he, you know, and he preached, he preached the best that he could to them trying to use that, that language. You realize that Athens, if you look at the, the life of Paul, Athens was the only city that Paul never started a church in that he visited. In other words, Paul was a complete failure in Athens. There was probably, the, from what we, what we can gather from the Bible, there may have been like two to three people that accepted Jesus. And other than that, everybody else, they, they, they didn't accept Jesus in Athens. Because Paul went in there, and, and, and you're, you're going to see this here in just a second, because Paul went into Athens thinking he was going to talk to them intellectually, naturally. He was trying to convince them in their minds about something that, would, that, that you could only understand in your spirit. <laughs> you know, so Paul was a complete failure, really, by his standards in Athens because, because he didn't start a church there. He wasn't accepted wildly. People, you know, people didn't, you know, most places Paul went, you know, he started a revival and then a riot broke out. And he had to leave, you know, because of the oppositions and everything. But Athens was one of the only places, really, he didn't get run out of town because people didn't really accept People just thought, oh, well, that's, that's, a, that's a good talk you just gave. And, and they just said, they said, we'll come back and hear you again about this matter later. You know, they thought it was just some other strange doctrine, some other strange God, and they didn't accept it. Then he leaves Athens and he comes to Corinth. When he comes to Corinth, I want you to notice here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 what he says to them and how he approached the change that he had from Athens to when he got to Corinth. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, he, Paul said this, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom declaring unto you the testimony of God. Now notice that. Paul said, when I came to Corinth, he said, he said I didn't talk to you like on this high level up here to brag and, and to show you how smart I was. He said, I didn't use excellency of wisdom or excellency of speech. And, and he goes on in verse 2 to tell him this. He says, For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So Paul said, you know what? He said, 
I believe this was where he made that change to where he said, he said, all that, all that education, all the, the high learning, all that stuff, he said, he said, I'm not going to use that naturally speaking. He said, but I'm going to depend on the Holy Spirit to give wisdom. And because notice what he says in the next couple of verses. And he says, and, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. You see that? Paul said, I laid, he said, I laid all that down. Man's wisdom, all my training, all the, all this college and the, the high learning I, I received. He said, I laid all that down because it didn't get anywhere in Athens. He says, but, he says, I was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why did he do that? Why did he, why did he shift gears there? Notice the verse, verse 5. He says, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So Paul said there's a difference between... Now, and, and please understand, I'm not, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be educated. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there's two different levels here. You can choose whether you want to be educated man's way or whether you want to go with God's way. And you know, and you can you can use education. I mean, I went to I went to college, I went to Bible college, and I went to uh, different you know different universities. And and you know, you can receive training and you can receive education, but you have to make sure that it's not only in man's wisdom that the Holy Spirit is involved in it. Because but because Paul said, listen, he said, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech, you know, solely depending on man's wisdom. He said, but I came to you in the power and in the demonstration of the Spirit of God. And we could, we could even say it this way without adding anything, anything to the Scriptures. We could say it this way, that Paul was saying, I came to you in the supernatural realm instead of just in the natural realm. When he was in Athens, it was all about natural, you know, man's wisdom. And, and he didn't do any of the supernatural things in, in, in Athens. But when he got to Corinth, he said, you know, listen, he said, I didn't use man's wisdom. He said, I used the wisdom of God. And let's go on and read some more here because um, in verse 6, we'll read, we'll read through a few verses here. Verse 6, he goes on to say this, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. So Paul said, listen, that God hid things, hid His wisdom before the foundations of the earth, and He hid it for our glory. In other words, He hid it for a time when people would search for Him and when people would seek Him and when they, when they sought the wisdom of God, then God would reveal that to them. How, how, is, how is revelation revealed to us? How is godly revelation revealed to us? Well, the Bible tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that lives in us that's our teacher that will teach us all things, right? And that will, that will be our guide and that will lead us and guide us. Go, let's go on in verse 8. He goes on to say this. He was talking about that he spoke in the wisdom of God and, you know, and not the man's wisdom. In verse 8 he says, "...which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory." So see, he was saying that, that it was God's plan all along for Jesus to be crucified, but that plan was hidden from natural wisdom, from man's wisdom, 
Why? Because if they understood, you know, because see, Satan and, and, all of, and all of his cohorts and everything, they thought if they could just kill Jesus, that that, that would get rid of him. But little do they know that killing Jesus, that him dying as a sacrifice was exactly the plan of God. And Paul said if they had understood that, then you know what? Jesus would probably still be living today. In other words, Satan would have told everybody, do not touch him. Let him live forever. Never let him die, because if he dies, then we're in trouble. <laughs> you know, but they said, listen, the wis Paul said, the wisdom that I'm talking about is godly wisdom that's hidden from before, before the earth was formed. And he said, the people of the world, the natural mind, can't understand it because if they, could under if, if they would have understood it then, they never would have killed Jesus. But they had no clue that the plan of God was for Jesus to die on that cross so that he could be the sacrifice for all mankind. Amen. So he said the, the world wouldn't have touched him. Now let's go on and read some more. Look at this. And he says, he says, um, he says, if they had known it, he says, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they not, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. And then verse number nine. Now we, so many people take this scripture so out of context. Verse number nine says this, but as it is written, and this is a quote out of Isaiah 64, it says, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard Neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. I've heard that scripture used so many times by people saying, you just can never understand God. You just never know what God's going to do. You know, I hadn't seen or ear heard what God's got laid up. We just, you know, we'll just never understand it. But that's not what that scripture's saying. As a matter of fact, if you read the very next verse, you're going to find out that God wants you to know everything that He's done for you. He wants you to understand the mysteries of God. He wants you to, to, to seek Him. And He wants you to press into Him to where you can receive supernatural wisdom. You see, because natural wisdom will tell you, natural wisdom will tell you, well, you can't know what's going to happen tomorrow. In our natural mind, we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. But you know what? Supernatural knowledge will tell us this, that the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. Amen. Amen. Now, last week we talked about how that the supernatural was a choice. See, today you have a choice. You can say, you know what, I'm going to stick with man's wisdom. Or you can say, you know what, I think I, think I want to press into the supernatural wisdom. So here he quotes Isaiah. He says, Eyes not seen nor ear heard. All that God's got laid up for is prepared for them that love Him. But look, then look at verse number 10. He says this, But God has revealed them unto us by His Spirit. So you see, it's the Holy Spirit living in us that reveals that supernatural wisdom to us. People say, people say, oh, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's not for today and you don't need the Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, there's whole denominations that have really taken the Holy Spirit out of their teaching. What a shame. Because here Paul said, listen, it's the Holy Spirit that reveals to us the plan of God. He goes on to say, but God, he says, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. 
For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So what he's saying is just this. You know, BJ and I are good friends, but you know what? I couldn't tell you what he's thinking right now. You know, I mean, I, don't, I can't read his mind. And the only way that I can know what he's thinking is if I say, Hey, what you thinking, BJ? The only person in this room that knows what he's thinking is him. He says, who can search the things of a man except the spirit of a man? Some of y'all may be thinking I'm weird right now. You know, that I've jumped off the deep end or something. But you see, you, you, know, you are the only one that knows your thoughts. And then he said the same thing. He said, he said and the same thing is true with God. The only, the only person that knows the thoughts of God is the spirit of God. But there's good news attached to that. The very next verse. Listen to what he says. It says, uh, verse 11 again, he says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So he said, listen, he said, the only way you're going to know what's, what's going on on the inside of somebody is, is the spirit of that person tell you that. And he said the same way with God. The only way you know the things of God is if the spirit of God reveals them to you. And then he says, but now listen, we haven't received. God didn't give us the spirit of the world. When you got born again, he didn't put the worldly spirit in you. <clears throat> what did he put in you? He put the Holy Spirit in you. And why did he do that? So that he could reveal to us everything that God has given to us. The eye have not seen or ear hasn't heard, then, you know, the things that God has prepared for us, that was true at one time, but that's not true today. What's true today is that we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us to reveal to us everything that God has given us. You don't get that out of just reading a book. Listen, you don't get that just out of reading the Bible. You understand, if reading the Bible was, was, the, was the, the answer to everything, just reading the Bible, we'd have a whole lot of people you know, that has a whole lot of success. But you realize there's been people that have read this Bible for years and years and years and never seen one prayer answered. They can quote this book, and yet they're so bound up in religion and in... And in you know, false teaching that, that, they, that they don't even hardly believe in God. How can you read the Bible and not believe in God? Right. Stacy, I, I shared this. Stacy had a friend in high school that was an atheist, and he could quote more scriptures than she could. He was an atheist, but he knew the Bible. What was the difference? He didn't have the Spirit of God living on the inside of him. You see, because it's the Spirit of God living on the inside of us that reveals those things to us. It brings the mysteries out. It, it opens up the door to where we can understand things. <clears throat> it goes on. He says this, "...which things also we speak, not in words which, which, man's, wisdom, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual." But now look, listen, look at these last three verses, and we're going to tie it up here. 
But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. That, that's a classic example of just what I said. The, the atheist may be able to quote the Bible, but he'll tell you that the Bible's foolishness. Why? Because the, because the things of God are spiritually discerned. They're not discerned naturally. That's the reason you'll never understand. You'll never fully understand God in your head. Amen. We have to understand God with our heart. Why? Because God is a faith God. And God expects us to believe, really, to be honest with you, He expects us to believe things that our head can't believe. See, because... We, we would all say, um, let me think of an, well, <clears throat> let me think of a good example here. We, we would all say that it would be nonsense that nobody in their right mind would give up their son or their daughter to die for somebody that's a murderer. You know, somebody, somebody is, somebody's on death row and they're, they're, they've killed a bunch of people and they're just, a hideous person, and you know, and and everybody when they look at them, they're like they should be put to death. And and then a judge comes up and he says, "All right," he says, "I've got a proposition for you. If somebody will give their son or daughter to die in his place, I'll set him free." Every one of us in our natural mind will think that's crazy. Who would do? Nobody would do that, right? I mean, anybody in here give up their son or daughter for for somebody that's killed? 20 people? I don't think so. God did. Well, I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't believe that. Well, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. See, here's something that we don't talk about a lot, but you know what? Jesus died for Hitler as much as He died for you. Jesus died for the worst person you could think of. He loved that person just as much as He loved you. See, here, that, we don't understand that. Here, we're like, there's no way. That's just, that just don't make sense. But here, we do understand it. Because, well, I, I don't know that we fully... That's, that's one of those things where, we, where, where I said you'll never fully understand God. The love of God is something that, that I just... That, you know, you can't, I don't know that we'll ever fully understand the love of God. As a matter of fact, all through eternity, we're going to be saying, wow. We're going to be saying, glory. I've never seen that side of God before. I never realized that He was like that. I never realized that He was that good. I never realized that He loved us that much. All through eternity, we're going to be doing that. So you see, the things, of the, the things of God are not discerned naturally. They're spiritually discerned. So, how, so if that's true, then what do we have to do? Then we have to connect somehow spiritually to God. And how do we do that? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings that revelation. He goes on to say this. But he that... But he that is spiritual 
judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. And then the very last verse, listen to this. He says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? That's, a, that's another quote out of Isaiah. And, and he says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? And then the very next phrase there, listen to this. But we have the mind of Christ. So in other words, in our natural mind, you're, we'll never understand things. But spiritually, we supernaturally, we can start learning things about God and learning the ways of God. You know, and it goes back to the story of Moses, all the way back where Moses, where the Bible says Moses knew his ways, but the children of Israel just knew his acts. In other words, Moses wanted, to, Moses wanted a deeper relationship. You know, Moses, Moses wanted to go up on the top of the mountain. The children of Israel, when they saw the fire and the thunder and heard the, the loud rumblings, they looked at Moses and said, Moses, you go and just tell us what he said. We're going back to our tent. You know, that's the reason Moses knew God's ways. In other words, he knew why God did what he did. He understood God to a certain extent, where the children of Israel, they, they would, God would feed them manna and they would complain about it. God brought them quail. They complained about it. God, God brought water out of a rock multiple times, and they complained about it. <laughs> you see why? Because they're thinking from the natural. They're only seeing what's good for me and what's, what, what, what can I get out of this. And, and you know, how come, I, you know, I, me, 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 me. Where God is, God, from a spiritual sense... God is always, is not about you. Amen. It's not about you. You see, let me, you know, I know this week, this week in the news, all you heard about was that, uh, one of the main things you heard about was, was that ruling in New York about the abortion. It was all over the news and everybody was just going crazy about it. And everybody's talking about, well, how could how can how could that do that? How could you you know how could somebody rule that you could take the life of a baby right up to the the, the day before they're born or something like that? But see, here that's really and truly, to be honest with you, that's not even the issue. I just I, I did some I, I just looked this up last night because as the Lord started sharing this with me, these are I mean these are staggering numbers about abortion. Listen, twenty right now, in I think it was a twenty seventeen statistic. That they said in 2017, 21% of pregnancies end in abortion. Let that sink in. Two out of every ten pregnancies end in abortion. That number rocked me. I mean, I, I couldn't believe. I looked it up on a couple different sites because I was like, "There's no way it's that high." But but that's the stats that they've got out now. Two out of every ten. Pregnancies end in abortion. And we think, oh, well, abortion is horrible and abortion is wrong. It is. And I, and I, you know, and I, I totally agree with that. But here's the problem. The problem really is not abortion. The problem goes all the way back to where, to, the problem goes all the way back years and years and years to where, to where we started making the choices that it was okay to go, to go watch movies and to go see things with, with just a little bit of sexual content in it. And you know, oh, it won't hurt nobody. It won't hurt. You know, we we can go to a movie and and there'll be some nudity and there'll be some language and there'll be some things like that. But that that don't really affect anything. 
But then next thing you know, it goes from, from just watching that every once in a while to where you have to seek that out. And now all of a sudden you're looking for that. And then it goes from that to where now, especially in today's society, it's so easy. I mean, now pornography is just like, I mean, you can find it anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's just about on TV. And we turn a blind eye to it and act like it's not a big deal. And then it goes from watching pornography to where all of a sudden now, even pornography is not enough. Now we have to start finding other areas to satisfy ourselves in because just watching it on a TV screen won't do anymore. And then we start going, you know, even and, and that, that even goes for, you know, for even married people. Then they go outside and start looking for other ways to, to satisfy their need. Before you know it, they're having, they're having sex outside of marriage. Do you realize, listen, I mean, let's talk candid for a second. Sex was God's idea. Sex is a good thing. If it's done the way God designed it. God designed it to be inside of marriage. He never designed it to be outside of marriage. What was sex designed for? The very first command that God gave Adam and Eve, be fruitful. When people step outside of God's way of doing things, then all of a sudden you start having pregnancies that were never, never intended to happen because now you're not doing things God's way. And then before you know it, we got to a place where we're glorifying teenagers that are pregnant and talking about how brave they are and how wonderful they are that they can raise kids while they're in high school. And then we wonder why we have an abortion problem. It didn't start with abortion. It started when we started making these little choices that we could step outside of what God said was right and it wouldn't hurt us. Oh, it won't hurt to look at that. It won't hurt to go there. It won't, it won't hurt to... Oh, it, it's innocent what we're doing. You know, God won't care. You see, guys, listen. Natural, and, and then, and now, and listen, now it's got so far that natural wisdom, man's wisdom, is telling, that, you know, I saw a story yesterday that a celebrity was, was raising their kid genderless. They were going to let them decide what they wanted to be. And I'm just thinking, you know, how stupid do you have to be to even think that that's logical? But, but see, that, but see, here's where I'm going with this. Natural wisdom, man's wisdom, started out telling you it's okay. Everybody needs to have a little fun. It's okay. You know, you need to have pleasure. You need to be able to satisfy your desires. And now it's got so far as, you know, if you don't, if, you know, yeah, if you have a relationship with somebody and, and you get pregnant, just abort the baby and it's okay. And then if you have the baby, you know, it's not a boy or girl anymore. It's a it or something, I don't know. And, you know, and that's, that's natural and, and they can decide what they want to be. You see how, you see how just a little, the, you know, it's, is that, is that old adage of, uh, or that saying where if you give, if you give the devil an inch, you'll take a mile? 
And we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves. Because, and, and now listen, and I'm preaching as much to me as I am to anybody right now, is because the churches, especially in America, they have, they have made sanctification, they've made holiness, they've made living, living what the Word says, they've kind of made it a taboo thing, and they've told people, oh, well, you can live any way you want to live and God still loves you. Go out and have sin, go out and have sex, go out and get drunk, go out and, go out and do drugs, and God loves you, He's forgiven you, just do whatever you want to do. And holiness and sanctification is not for today. That's, that's, old, that's Old Testament stuff. Blink your eyes and open them right here in 2019 and you see what you get when you believe that. Now thank God for grace. Thank God, yes, I believe my sins are forgiven. I believe even my future sins are forgiven. I mean, I believe, I believe the, the price Jesus paid on the cross took care of every one of my sins. I believe that with my whole heart. But that does not give me the right to go live any way I want to live and just throw, throw the blood of Jesus out like it didn't matter. If you, want, if you want to live a successful Christian life, then you better start living a holy life. You better start sanctifying yourself. What does that mean? Set yourself apart. Don't act like the world. Just because the world does it doesn't mean you have to. I've heard people say, well, I want my kids to experience this, and I want my kids to do that, and, I, and, I, and, and I, I'm just like, I'm blown away by parents. I'm telling you. Parents teach their kids and they train their kids that church is not important. They'll put everything in their brother in front of, in front of church. The first thing that they'll do, they'll pull their kids out of church to let them go do whatever they want to do. And then when, when their kid ends up pregnant or on drugs and in the, in the, in the jailhouse somewhere, well, where was God in all this? I, you know, I, I don't know why God let that happen. Natural wisdom versus God's wisdom. Natural wisdom tells you it's okay. Everybody's doing it. All little Johnny's friends are doing it. So it's got to be okay for Johnny too because we wouldn't want Johnny to feel bad. We said this last week. Joshua and Moses both stood before the people and said, Listen, I presented life and death to you. Choose life. Joshua stood up and said, As far as me and my house, he said, You can go serve the other gods. You can go do all that, all that mess. You can serve the gods that your forefathers served on the other side of the sea and, on, and, and even the people of this land. But Joshua said, As far as me and my house, we're serving the Lord. And you know what? We have to make a choice. If we're going to walk in the supernatural, if we're going to see the things that we want to see, if you want to see your prayers answered, if you want to see God move in a big way, it's time we separate ourselves and we stop looking and smelling and acting and, and living like the world. Amen. You see, because man's wisdom will tell you, will tell you oh, just a little drink won't hurt. Go out and drink socially. Go out and just have, have this and have that. And, and you, know, nobody, you know, nobody tells you what to do. It don't matter. Tell that to the parent that's got an alcoholic son or daughter or that their husband or wife is alcoholic and beats them. Tell them that a little drink won't, doesn't matter. 
Man's wisdom versus God's wisdom. Well, you know, kids will be kids. They've got to experiment. Guys, listen. God has a way. He's laid it before us. You know, we read that scripture this morning. God told, God told Moses that. He told Joshua that. He told the, you know, the children of Israel time and time again, he would tell them. He'd say, keep this law before you. Keep it in front of your eyes. Keep it in front of your ears. You know, talk about it in the morning. Talk about it at night. Talk about it when you get up. Talk about it when you lay down. Why? Because there's a devil out there. And he's after every one of you. After your kids. After, after your marriage. After your money. And guys, listen, if we don't get serious and we don't start, and we don't start saying, you know, God, I'm, I'm going to follow your ways. Because listen, we're, we're already there. It used to be there's a day coming, but we're already there in America to where, to where they are calling evil good. You, you saw, and I'm sure if you saw anything about that debate there in New York about that abortion, when they passed that bill, they, got, they stood up and gave a standing ovation to a bill that passed that would allow them to take a baby's life up until the day before it's born. They, they applauded it. Not just one or two people. There were hundreds of people in that place that stood up and applauded it. It's not, well, we better straighten up one day. No, it's we better straighten up today, church. And we better protect our family. And we better pray over our family. And we better be serious about this. If you, if, you want, if you want your family, if you want even you, <laughs> if you just want to be successful and be able to be able to withstand in these last days, it's time we separate ourselves. It's time we start living holy. It's time we, it's, it's time we, we separate and we say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not giving in to the world's ways. Well, I didn't get to any of that, but that's all right. You don't have to wait. Amen. I don't know what caused me to get off on all that, but it was good. <laughs> I think, listen, I, I think we need to hear that. You know, we need, we need to hear. We need to hear the reality. You see, what, Pastor, you know, and we're talking about wisdom. Listen, that, that was nothing but, I mean, there's, there's, the, there's a man's way, there's a natural way, a natural wisdom that this world, the world's system, the world's thinking will try to get you to live by. And that is, that, and, and that natural way, that natural system, the, the world system is this. Accept everybody for the way they are. You have to accept them. And, and, and unfortunately, here's, here's the way the world's done this. The world says, accept it, and then they take it and they cram it down your throat. And they say, if you don't, you're the, you're the one that's wrong. And then when we stand up as Christians, when we stand up and say, but the Word says, the Word says that murder's wrong. The Word says that adultery is wrong, the Word says that, that sin is wrong, then we're labeled the hate speech. 
But my question is this. Would you rather be on the world's side? Or would you rather be on God's side? And if it comes to a day where, God forbid that we see this in America, but, but I mean, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me, to be honest with you, if it comes to a day where you have to stand and make a decision, if you're going to believe this or believe the Word, and face imprisonment or face even, even worse than that, face death, I pray all of you are bold enough and strong enough to say, as far as me and my house... We're going to serve the Lord, regardless of the cost, regardless of if our friends disappear, regardless if I'm called a crazy zealot. <laughs> now, does God, love, does God love those people? Yeah, I told you. God loves them as much as He loves you. Just because you go to church and just because you're trying to do the right thing doesn't make God love you more. God loves that woman that's had 15 abortions just as much as He loves me and you. It's not about, it's not about trying to work for God's love because, because for God so loved the world that He gave. But what I'm talking about is being men and women of God who will stand up and take a stand and say, you know what, I'm going to go with God's wisdom. I'm going to go with what God says. And if that means, if that means being despised by the world, then so be it. If that means going against the grain and, and you know, being labeled this or that, then so be it. But as far as me and my house, you know what, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to go for His wisdom. And we're going to believe God. That doesn't, listen, that doesn't, that doesn't change my view on grace. That doesn't change my view on, on the love of God. Matter of fact, it makes grace that much greater to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that God, would, that God would give us a way and provide a way for us that, that we don't have to live like the world. Yeah. Amen. But that we can live His way and be successful in this world while we're living His way. Amen. Bow your heads with me if you would. Thank you, Father. You know, I don't, um, Lord help me with that. You know, the gospel was never giving, given to make you feel condemned. The gospel is good news. You know, the gospel, the gospel is this, is that if you're living in a lifestyle that you know is not pleasing to God, there's a way out. You can turn, you can turn back to God. You can, you, know, you can accept Him and you can, you can go His way and use His wisdom to get out of the situation you're in right now, regardless of how deep you feel like that you're in it. God's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. Listen, I'm, I'm reading the Old Testament, and man, I, I, was, I was thinking yesterday, I was reading in the book of Joshua, 
And uh, y'all look at me a second. I ask you to bow your heads, but let me let me say this. <laughs> I was reading in the book of Joshua, and and you know, uh, people when when people disobeyed God in the Old Testament, man, there was quick judgment. And I was just I was thinking when I was reading that I was just like, Lord, I'm so grateful that we live in the New Covenant. Because if the old covenant was still in existence, America would have so many sinkholes where whole towns and whole cities were swallowed up that it would be, I mean, we wouldn't know what was what. <laughs> and I, and I, was just, I was telling the Lord, I was like, Lord, I'm so grateful that you gave your son so that, so that even in the worst of cities, even in, the, even in New York up there where they believe that stuff, you know, and, and those lawmakers, even in that, that Jesus sent his son for them just like he sent him for me. And, all, and their sins, their sins are forgiven just like mine are forgiven. But here's the difference. We have to receive it. And if you're here today, listen, if you're here today and you've got, and this, and, and something, you know, just sparked a, sparked a nerve in you or, or it just spoke to you and, and you're, you're, living a lifestyle you know you shouldn't have to do, here's what you have to do. You just have to receive God's forgiveness. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not out to get you. He's not trying to, trying to bring destruction on your life. As a matter of fact, he wants, he wants to bring the good, His goodness into your life. So what, what do you have to do? Just accept His goodness. Accept His forgiveness. And let the love and let the, let the mercy of God and the grace of God just overflow you this morning. You know, people are good, people are good at giving altar calls to make th- people feel so bad that they just have to run to the altar. I never have liked to do that. Because, because they get people thinking that God's mad at them and boy, if they don't get to the altar in three seconds, God's going to zap them right there where they are. And that's just not true. You know, because God loves you. And he's not, he's not mad at you. But yet, he, 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 loved, he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And he wants you, he wants you to live your life for him because that's the only way that you'll be successful in the, in the, Christian, in the Christian environment. And you can turn and you can change. And, and with God's help, you know, with God's help, you can, your life can be totally different this afternoon than it, than it was this morning. That quick. So I don't want anybody leaving here feeling condemned or feeling like I preached to somebody. Listen, there could be people in this, in this place that's had abortions. Listen, God loves you and there's no condemnation. But what you need to hear is this. You need to change your lifestyle. If that's a lifestyle that you have to where that don't happen again. You know, there may be some in here on drugs or hooked on alcohol or hooked on pornography or, or you know, all kinds of other things. But listen, don't be condemned about it. Just receive God's forgiveness and know that He wants you to change. And with His help, you can. That you don't have to stay the same. Amen. So I don't want you leaving here, leaving here feeling condemned. I want you knowing that God loves you and that God's pulling for you. He's, I mean, man, He is... I mean, God is, he's doing, you know, God has done everything that, he has already done everything that needs to be done for you to be set free today. Amen. 
So let's bow our heads one more time <laughs> with that being said. I just felt like I needed to say that. If you're here today and, and, and you just say, Pastor, you know, there's things in my life I know I need to change. I know I need, I need to go a different direction. And I'm just asking for prayer this morning. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not, I'm not even going to ask you to come down front. But, but I think there is something uh, about just acknowledging that. Nobody else is looking around. But if that's you, would you just slip your hand up? And I, I, I just want to be able to pray for you. Anybody at all? And, you know, and if, and if you don't want to raise your hand, that's fine as well. But, but just let me say a prayer over you, and then we're going to go. Father, I, I just pray today, Father, that according to what we read here in 1 Corinthians 2, Father, Paul was very plain that, that there's, there's two ways. There's man's wisdom, and then there's your wisdom. Father, I pray that everyone that hears, that's heard this today, that will hear it online or by CD or whatever, Lord, I just pray that we would all make that choice, that we would all make that, that, uh, the decision, Father, to say, I want to go God's way. And I don't want to go man's way anymore, but I want to go God's way and follow His way. And that we, that we would all be able to stand and say, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, Father, I pray for those that, are, that may be dealing with things right now, that may have sin in their life, that may have, have done things in the past that they're feeling condemned over. Father, I just pray that, that your love will just overwhelm them at this moment. Lord, that, and let them know that they can receive forgiveness just simply by saying, Lord, I receive. And I, I receive the forgiveness that you have for me. And then leave it at that. Because, Father, you've already forgiven them. You're not mad at them, but you love them. And I just pray, Father, for those that need, that need a touch in their body, that may need healing. Father, I just thank you that even, even, in, even in this, Lord, that they can receive healing. And, Father, just by knowing how much you love them and knowing of, of what you've done for them, Lord, that they can just receive it just by simply saying, Lord, I receive that right now. So, Father, I thank you for doing a work in each one of us. Thank you, Lord, that, that we're going to, Father, that each one of us will be bold and strong enough to stand up and say that we're going to live our life for you. And we're going to go after your wisdom and not man's wisdom. So I thank you for that. I pray blessings on each one. I thank you, Father, for ministry and I thank you for touching lives. And, Father, I thank you just for, for, for doing what only you can do. And we love you so much, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. I pray you have a great day. Uh, if you need prayer, please, you know, ask me, talk to me. I, I mean, Stacey and I, I'd love to be able to pray with you. Um, and, you know, and know that there is hope. Amen. And uh, we've got the leadership meeting tonight at 5. Make sure if you're in leadership, you come back for that. So God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Our, all of our guests, thank you for coming. And I pray you all, ha all have a good afternoon. I gave it to you. It's in the, you put it in your bag.